Hi, you're listening to my mom, Kat Lee, on the Inspired to Action podcast. Hey, can I listen to it? Hey, my name is Kat Lee, and I want to welcome you to the Inspired to Action podcast. I hope this show is the pep talk that you need as a mom, a reminder that what you do every day is life-changing, and it matters more deeply than you could ever imagine. Out of all the women in the world, God chose you to be the mother of your children because you are special and amazing and he has called you and he will equip you. So thank you for serving your family, for loving your children fearlessly and for fighting to be a great mom. This episode is for you. Let's jump right in. Hey friends, I hope you're doing well today. I'm so honored that you join us on the podcast today and I have a fantastic episode for you. I'm talking with Jeannie Cunyon. She wrote a book called Parenting the Wholehearted Child. And one of my favorite nuggets from this whole episode is when she describes what a wholehearted child is. And she says that a wholehearted child is a child that walks in the freedom of knowing that they are fully known, fully loved, and fully liked by God. And how powerful is that? Not just, honestly, not just for our kids, but for us as mothers too. And and I have to admit, after I did this interview with Jeannie, I read about two pages of notes to my husband because there's just such goodness packed in this episode. So before we dive into our conversation, though, I wanted to give um, a shout out to our sponsor, PlanToEat.com. I am so thankful for them and just the way that they run their business and uh, honestly, how well their product works. I, I love Meal planning, and I never thought I'd say that because I hate cooking and I don't like meal planning, but it makes it so much easier. And if you go to plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action, there's a little welcome video there that I made for you. And I also tell you how to find some videos that I made on how to, to use their site and how to meal plan and you can get a free 30-day trial. And if you start that trial now, then when they have their big Black Friday 50% off sale after Thanksgiving, then you can uh, take advantage of that, but you still get your whole 30-day trial as well, which I think is a great deal. So head over to plantoeat.com forward slash inspired to action. And without any further ado, let's jump into our conversation with Jeannie Cunyon. Hey, Jeannie, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, I am so excited to have you on the show. I was, we had, you know, before school drama in our home. I don't know if you have ever had that, but we, uh, ha- we did this morning. You did? Okay. Well, great. Well, yeah. <laughs> as I was as I was taking the kids out the door, my, my husband works from home, so it's kind of the opposite of the normal family where the husband leaves with the kids. My My husband was standing at the door and I was walking out and I was like, Jimmy, I am so excited because I'm talking to this woman today about this incredible book, and I just can't wait to talk to her because we need it. So I'm <laughs> thrilled. I'm right there with you this morning. <laughs> Man, I don't know what it is about those before school. I mean, I just think it's the enemy trying to start the day off bad. But I was just, you know, because yeah. I was talking with you today, I just had the word grace just bouncing around my head and just wanting to walk mm. in that. And so even just talking with you today has has changed our morning. So I can't wait to dive into what your book is all about, what you've learned from it, what inspired you to write it and all of that today. But before we do that, awesome. I know that everybody listening would like to know a little bit about you. So just tell us a little about you and your family. Okay, so, well, my husband, Mike, and I, we have three boys. 
Um, our oldest is Cal, and uh, he's 10. And then Brennan is 7, and um, Owen is 5. Uh, we live in Old Greenwich, Connecticut. And um, I was actually raised in South Florida as a preacher's kid. And um, left Florida to go to college, uh, went to Auburn University, and then I spent like the next 10 years kind of falling in love with the South mm. um, and thought I would live there forever. Um, but God opened the door to my dream job in Washington, D.C. Uh, to work at the National Council for Adoption. And so I moved a little bit further north. And then a couple years later, I moved again for love and marriage, <laughs> <laughs> which is how I um, how I ended up in New York and eventually Connecticut. So we live in Old Greenwich. We've been here for about 12 years, and um, I love it. It's become very much home, but not not where I anticipated being. So, well, it sounds um, I, lovely. Yeah, it's really it's a it's a wonderful place. So we're we're really happy here. We have a wonderful church community, and we get back to the south a lot to visit family. Um, I'm an adoption social worker by training. I have a master's in social work, and um, pretty much thought I would do that my whole life. I, I'm so passionate about adoption. And so um, when I felt God nudging me to write this book about four years ago, um, I I was taken very uh, much by surprise. It, this was not part of my plan. <laughs> um, and so it's been fun to be able to weave some of that uh, background in counseling and training around parenting and adoption topics into into writing uh, the book, and it recently came out with Zondervan in April. So I'm a stay-at-home mom, but a working mom who loves to write and speak about God's perfect grace for imperfect parents, because I am very much one of them. So I would love to know the journey that you went through to write this book, because I hope this isn't an offensive question, but so your kids are just barely younger than mine, about the same age as mine. I'm sure yeah. it was incredibly intimidating, possibly, to write a parenting book with such young kids. So I'd love to know kind of what process God took you through to write this book. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It was I had about 10 reasons um, that I gave God why he had the <laughs> wrong girl for this book. Um, and I wrestled for many, many months um, with God about this nudge that just was undeniable, um, just drawing me to start writing about all of my frustration and all of my, um, really my, I think, shame over not being the kind of parent I always dreamed I would be. I was raised by amazing parents who gave me so much unconditional love, and yet I found myself unable to love and lead my kids the way I desired to, to really reflect the heart of Christ. And so when I felt God nudging me to write this book, I, you know, I told them, Lord, I'm, you put this passion for adoption in my heart. So you've got the wrong girl. That's, that's the thing you called me to. And then, um, you know, my, a lot of my conversations sounded a lot like, Lord, you know, I'm not pulling this off. Like you, you know, what's going on in here. So what do I have to offer anybody? Because I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, and then there was that insecurity about having kids that were so young um, and felt like I needed to wait longer to do it. And then my biggest reason, Kat, was I was like, um, I don't know how to write. Like, I don't, I'm not a writer. I, I've never taken a writing class. I'm an adoption social worker. And so I think all of those things combined, as I look back, um, the Lord was like, that's right. All of those things are true. So start writing. Mm. Um, you know, because he, I was so very aware of my need for him and my inability to do any of this on my own. Um, and so, after many months of that, I started pouring out all of 
uh, what I was going through on the paper. And, and I really, I didn't know that it would actually become a book. I just knew I was being called to kind of start sharing what I was going through as a mom in the trenches with three little boys who were revealing all of my weaknesses. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, who is this woman? You know, like I knew I was feisty before, but I never thought I was angry. Like where'd that come from? Um, And so as I started to write about all of that, what became really clear to me really quickly was that God hadn't been nudging me to write this book because I had anything to teach anybody about parenting. God was nudging me to write this book because he had everything to teach me about his grace. So good. Um, Yeah. I mean, it was really, this book was for me. It was for our family. And then uh, the ability to share it now is such a gift. I love talking about it. I love writing about it. But it was really the it was the writing of this book that God used to set my own heart free mm-hmm. in His love for me, so that I would be able to give that same love that I desired so much to give to my kids. So, so parenting the wholehearted child. What does that mean? What does it mean? Well, I mean, really, that's two questions in one. What does it mean to have a wholehearted child, and how in the world do we parent one? Yeah, well, I define a wholehearted child in the book as um, a child who lives from the freedom, and that's the key word, a child who lives from the freedom found in being wholeheartedly and unconditionally loved and liked by God in Jesus Christ. So I guess if you kind of break down that long definition, what it means is it's a child who knows they are fully known, uh, a child who knows they are fully accepted, and a child who knows they are fully loved by God because of Jesus. Um, and and that was the journey that I had to go through first so that I could then raise a child who knew that. I think as a mom, I struggled to accept my acceptance before God. Um, and so because I couldn't accept that, I had a hard time parenting in that. And so um, I wanted to raise kids who really knew Jesus knows you. He knows every thing about you, the thoughts of your heart, the hair on your head. He knows you and he totally accepts you, right? I mean, you are, you are fully accepted in Jesus. And he also not only loves you, but likes you, you know, Jesus likes you a lot. And so, uh, it's, it's really, as our kids begin to grasp that, just as we as parents begin to grasp that, they, they're set free from the pressure to be perfect, Mm -hmm. uh, to feel like they have to have God's love and acceptance. And that's what I want for my kids. And that's what I'm so passionate about this wholehearted child message is how do we raise kids who just know that they are free from the pressure to be perfect in order to have God's love and approval? How do we as parents um, make that unconditional love of Jesus the foundation to how we lead and love our kids? Because that was always my desire, right? Like my desire from the beginning was to have kids who know and love Jesus. But as I look back, what I realize is is the problem was grace wasn't my starting place. Mm-hmm. So when you said this morning that like grace was um, bumping around in your head, that's that's the word that I constantly have to go back to is making grace my starting place. So a whole heart of child is fully known, fully accepted, and fully loved. Um, and then how do we raise a whole heart of child? Um, I think the the big turning point for me, Kat, was when. Um, God opened my eyes to the fact that as a parent, um, I was more focused 
on teaching my kids what they had to do for Jesus mm-hmm. instead of teaching them what Jesus has already done for them. Wow, that's so good. Right? And yeah. so every time I'm like, all right, Jamie, grace, grace, grace in your parenting right now, in this moment, in the heat of the moment, all heck is breaking loose. <laughs> How can you, in this moment, remind your kids as you try to teach them about the what would Jesus do, how can you first remind them of what did Jesus already do? Um, and so that's a, that was a big part for me. You know, when my kids were were born, I did what I think a lot of parents do, and I, I chose like a family verse for us. Um, and I write about this in the first chapter, but I, I chose Matthew 22, 37 through 39, which, um, as you know, is, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength right? That's the greatest commandment. And then love your neighbor as yourself. That's what, that's what I wanted for my kids. That's what I still want for my kids. Um, but what I needed to do is rewind a little bit and, mm. and go back to first John four nineteen, which is we love because he first loved us. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's grace, right? Like my desire is still that my kids would love God and love one another more than anything else. But but what is it that's going to inspire them to do that? Mm-hmm. Right. What is it? I mean, I just kind of felt like putting that verse on the wall, making it our mission statement, saying it a lot, pounding it into their heads. You know, I thought that the law was going to do what only grace can do in their hearts. And so we go back, we go back to, we love because he first loved us. I have to remember as a mom on a daily basis that it's God's love that proceeds and produces our love for him and for others right? That it's grace that actually fuels that desire um, to love God and love one another. And I think that's the biggest difference in raising kids who, um, under this kind of perfect kids banner, or living kids under a wholehearted banner, right? Because mm-hmm. kids who are trying to be perfect to earn God's love and approval, they live under a banner that reads, do your best and Jesus will do the rest, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. you got to put in your effort and then Jesus will kind of come in and kind of pick up wherever you left off, right? But that's not the gospel, right, Kat? I mean, that's not, the gospel is, you know, you're giving God's unwavering love. And so when you live under that banner, it reads, God has done it all in Jesus Christ. It is finished. That's, I mean, I, I, wow. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, just listening to you share about this just feels, um, I just feel like there's a lightness in my parenting mm. in my heart. And I hope that you guys listening feel the same way. I mean, because I think a lot of what you're saying, Jeannie, goes so against our natural tendencies. It's it's absolutely it's the opposite of it. It's like we we need to control. I want a step-by-step plan of what I need to do instead yeah. of just surrendering and just giving them the grace that we've been given, like just the story in the Bible about the guy who um, was forgiven much and then he went and threw the guy into jail. And, yeah. you know, God is calling us to give the same grace that we've been given. Um, but I know that there are probably a lot of women listening that don't know that grace themselves. And you said that you went through a journey of understanding that you were fully known, fully loved, and fully liked. How, where did that journey start? What pat versus what got you, th- what, what helped you understand that? Yeah, well... I'm really glad you brought that up because I feel like almost every woman I speak to, whether it's a friend or it's when somebody, when I get to speak and somebody will come up to me afterwards and say, I, I want to believe that God fully accepts me. 
Like, who doesn't want to believe that, right? We have, Mm -hmm. I want to believe that he fully loves me, but it's so hard to believe that. It's so hard to believe that God, who saw the way that I yelled at my kids before they left for school this morning, the God who knows that I've taken my husband for granted or haven't cherished him the way I should, the God who knows that I don't do a really good job of loving my enemies, even though I try really hard to, it's hard to believe that he could accept me like that. And and I get that because I have spent the majority of my life trying to make it easier for God to love me, mm. um, trying so hard to make him proud of me, forgetting that he already does love me because um, because Jesus has me covered. And so I always resonate with moms when they talk about really wrestling with that. Like when I speak, I say, you know, there is freedom from trying harder and doing more and being better. That freedom is for you and for me right now. But receiving that is so hard. And so for me, it's a daily surrender um, of going back to verses like Romans 5, 6 through 8, that Christ died for who? He died for the ungodly, right? Christ died Mm -hmm. for us while we were still sinners, rebelling, running away. That's when he died for us. And then um, Romans 8, where it talks about there is absolutely nothing, nothing that can separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ. Nothing. I think a lot of us kind of put nothing but in there, right? Like Mm -hmm. There's nothing but that can separate me from the love of Christ. And so I have to start at every day, um, asking God to remind me of who I am in Christ, That's who right. I am in Christ. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I accepted Jesus as my savior at eight years old, but you know what I did? I spent the rest of my life having a really hard time believing that, um, though I'm saved by grace, I'm accepted by grace in this very moment. Mm-hmm. And then, as you know, motherhood just kind of magnifies all of that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it just, it <laughs> reveals all of our weaknesses. It it reminds us of how much we need Jesus. Um, and moms carry so much guilt and shame over uh, their parenting mistakes, and it's so hard to rest in God's uh, acceptance for us. Um, and so we have to start every day with those verses that remind us who we are in Christ, because as we accept and receive God's grace for our own weaknesses, it makes us so much more compassionate toward the sin and weaknesses in our kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so... We can't give what we haven't received. So as we receive God's grace for us in our most unlovable moments, we are then empowered by the Holy Spirit to love our kids in their most unlovable moments so that we can reflect the heart of Christ to them. Because mm-hmm. it helps us to then walk in greater humility and understanding of the struggles that they have with it all. I've been really fascinated lately by Deuteronomy 8. I know that makes me sound super spiritual. I've been really studying in Deuteronomy. <laughs> um, it's just one of those things that God has just drawn me to. And and so as you read like through Deuteronomy 5, where the 10, starts with the Ten Commandments, and then all the way through 9, it's uh, honestly, once you get to like um, chapter 9, verse 6, it, cra- it literally cracks me up. I laughed out loud because um, starting at 5, you know, he talks to you, walks with them through the Ten Commandments and what he wants them to do. And then just um, when he talks about how he's going to take them into the promised land, he's going to take them into this amazing place. 
pretty much every other verse says, but don't forget the Lord your God. Don't for, don't think that you got yourselves here. Don't think that it was you mm-hmm. that that made this happen. When you're when your stomach is full, when you're living in beautiful houses and doing amazing things and you don't have any struggles or any issues, don't think that it was anything that you did. And he literally in chapter nine, it is every well, I don't want to say literally and then have be wrong. Pretty much every other verse says, don't forget that it wasn't you. And then at the end, it says, understand then that it is not because of your righteousness that the Lord is giving you this good land to possess, for you are a mm-hmm. stiff-necked people. And so <laughs> he like says it yes, over and sounds, over. That sounds right about right. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like the little whammy there at the end, like, don't forget. And it's so easy for us to think that when we see other people, that it was because of anything that they did that their life is however it is. Or as we, um, you know, maybe we're really great in one area or another, it's easy for us to start thinking, well, apparently I have the formula. But if we just start out in that area of grace that, no, I can't do whatever it is that my weakness is, but then also remember that in our strengths that I did not get myself there, then it just so allows us to walk in greater humility and understanding with our kids. Because otherwise we're looking at their lives when we're at chapter 50 of the book and they're at chapter one and they have no idea yeah. how everything works and it, it's hard to walk in grace when we think that we have it figured out um, absolutely so I, I i think about like um second corinthians twelve nine, which is the verse that god used to set my heart completely free and i think it's one of those verses that i had read my whole life and it wasn't until this you know particular moment several years ago when it just it just opened my heart and cracked my heart wide open which is you know, my grace is enough. Mm. My grace is enough for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. That's like my, that's my anthem um, mm. in parenting because I have to continually remember that um, that God's grace is enough and that it is bigger than, than my mistakes, that God is bigger than my mistakes. And, and it's not just that his grace is enough. It's the second part of the verse that gets me so fired up. It's and there is, and, and my power is made perfect in your weakness. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love that because I think what we need to be telling each other as moms is there is grace for your failure and there is Holy Spirit power for your weakness. That even through our mistakes, we can be agents of heart changing grace in our kids' lives because it's the, it's the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us and through us to them. Mm-hmm. And I think it takes, it takes so much pressure off. You know, I mean, really, it takes, if you think about that, like God's Holy Spirit power, like I know I don't rely on it enough. Like the same power that raised my Savior from the dead is available to me in my everyday trials and temptations in a mom. How often am I really relying on that? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And and then I can give that message to my kids, you know, like to my boys when they mess up, you know, Cal, there is grace for your failure. And guess what? There is the Holy Spirit power in you that can help you love your brother in the ways that you're telling me you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think our kids need to be reminded of that just as much as we need to be reminding one another as moms of that. I mean, I feel like I look back to my earliest days of parenting, and I know my kids are still young, but I look back and I think, wow, you know, I always, I kind of went into motherhood cat feeling like um, I had to be this perfect example for them to follow. Right. Like I want my boys to know and love Jesus. And so now I need to perfectly reflect that Jesus to them so that they'll desire that. 
And that's so much pressure, mm-hmm. right? I mean, talk about the pressure. I mean, because we're daily sinning and messing up. And I think what has been so freeing for me is realizing that, you know what, my job isn't to be a perfect example. You know, it's, you know, that expression, like, be the person you want them to become. I mean, mm-hmm. how much pressure is that, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, well, yeah, that's okay if, if that person is somebody who knows how much they need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Then I'm okay with that if that person is somebody who knows how much they need Jesus. So it's no longer a pressure to be perfect for my kids. It's just freedom to, to actually be honest about my imperfection and my need for Jesus. Um, and that has been so freeing for me and my parenting, just this ability to say, hey, guys, I am not the mom I want to be today. I am struggling. I need Jesus. I'm so thankful for his grace. I'm really sorry that I just talked to you that way. It's it's radically changed our home in the last couple of years. And and what's so awesome about it is it's given my boys permission to be free about their weaknesses and their sin too. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it makes me, it, I still cry Kat, when I look back and I think about in my days of perfectionist parenting, um, God started me on this journey when my oldest was five. So I had a five, a three and a newborn. And, and my sweet, precious Cal, who was five years old, would walk on eggshells around me. I mean, he felt the pressure at five years old to be perfect for mommy because mommy was trying so hard to be perfect. And so I was trying hard. I was expecting him to try hard. Everybody was going to try hard to be awesome for Jesus. And my son was under so much pressure, but now there's just this freedom to be like, hey, I messed up. You know, I wasn't kind of my brother. I wasn't completely honest with you. And mm. and I'm sorry. And that's why God gave us Jesus. And that's just been a really freeing thing to watch my boys learn how to be real in this house, to make it a safe place where they don't have to perform and they don't have to pretend that they can be honest about their weaknesses and their struggles. And together, alongside of each other, because we both need it, we go to Jesus and we ask him for his grace and we ask him for his power. That's so, and it's, just, it's, a, it's a radically different parenting style than I started with. Yeah. Well, that's just so good, too, because then it it just um, nips in the bud so many other things, a, a defensiveness or, you know, a desire to, to tell a lie because they don't want to admit to something that they did wrong. I just it just um, it almost um, I'm not coming up with the word, but it sort of just silences you know, whatever the enemy's trying to build, just kind of knocks his whole sandcastle down and, and yeah. <laughs> gives your kids just a fresh place to start. You know, when you when when you walk in that grace and then when your kids walk in that grace, then it's just a wave after wave just of grace knocking down those sandcastles that the enemy's trying to build in our mm-hmm. in our lives and in our hearts. I I love that. I love that. Yeah, I love that. I love that visual. It's so true. Uh, so let's say though that one of your kids or one of my kids or one of our listeners' kids is really not walking in that grace, is walking in maybe excuses or defensiveness or pride or just whatever, and it feels it feels like grace is not the right thing to give. That's not necessarily true, but in the flesh, it's a hard thing to give. We feel like we need to you know, just push in and discipline and be hard and expect perfection and tell them to try more. How do we balance the need for grace um, and discipline as well? Does that make sense? Totally. And I think you have to start by remembering what grace is. 
grace isn't um, a free pass to sin. Grace, in fact, if we do that, then we negate what Jesus did for us, right? The price he paid to cover our sin. Um, Grace is God's unconditional love for us because of Jesus Christ. And so then the question becomes, it's unearned, it's undeserved, it's all of those things. So then the question is, how do I weave grace into my parenting? So we don't have to balance grace Mm. and discipline. We actually have to be thinking about how do I weave grace into my discipline? How do I weave grace into my instruction? How do I weave grace into the way I establish my authority and require obedience? Because all of those are very Christian biblical things, right? I mean, I think when we hear the word grace, sometimes we assume that that means just kind of throwing out boundaries and instruction and, and discipline, and it's not. You know, the Bible calls us to, to instruct and, and raise up and discipline our kids. The Lord disciplines those he loves. And so um, I'm going to discipline my boys, and I, and I translate that to them. You know, just as God disciplines, corrective discipline those he loves. Daddy and I, that's our job, to help you grow into the amazing man that God created you to be. And so we're going to require you to respect our authority, and we are going to give you instruction. We're going to give you boundaries. There's going to be consequences when you, um, you know, make uh, sinful choices. And there's going to be discipline to help you understand that, you know, I have a friend who says there's um, um, just because there is um, no vertical condemnation, right? There is no condemnation in Christ because there is no shame uh, in condemnation. It doesn't mean there aren't um, horizontal consequences. And so um, it's helping our kids understand that, um, yes, while there is no condemnation for you because of Jesus Christ, there are consequences to the choices that we make. Um, and so raising boys to under understand that um, means leaving that message of unconditional love into the way I lead them. And that means getting rid of shame. And that means getting rid of um, using fear. And it means not relying on anger because none of those things change our child's heart. And none of those things change our heart, right? I mean, I so mm-hmm. often when I think about the way I'm dealing with my kids, I think, would this be working for me? Like in a in a conversation between my husband and I or a friend and I, mm-hmm. um, Jesus doesn't use shame. And Jesus doesn't use um, fear. And I don't mean holy fear, but, right. you know, the kind of fear where I'm lazy as a mom one morning and I'm like, if you don't stop, you'll lose everything you've ever loved. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Which came out of my mouth about a week ago, and I'm like, oh no, okay, empty threat, using fear. That's like a checklist of bad parenting. Um, I'm that, only that, laughing that, so hard because I'm sure I've said something exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you will lose everything that's ever mattered to you if you don't tell the truth. I mean, what was that? Because um, that changes his heart. Um, and then anger. You know, we use anger. Um, and it's, you know, you, you think about, in the Bible where, uh, what verse is it? Romans 2, 4, I think, where it's the kindness of the Lord that leads to repentance. Hmm. It's not the wrath or the anger, but it's the kindness of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads us to repentance. And so how do I weave the kindness of the Lord into the way I discipline? How do I weave, um, how do I take out the shame? How do I take out the fear? Because none of those things are going to transform their heart. It's the grace of God and Jesus Christ that transforms their heart. And grace is scary. Like people say to me all the time, like, I'm just afraid they'll take advantage of grace or my kid is taking advantage of grace. And, and that's when I have to go back and I have to go, I just, I trust 
the word of God. I have to, I believe that his promises are true. And what his promises tell me is that it is grace that transforms the heart. And, and the truth is, I think as parents, Kat, we want like immediate results. Yes. Right. Like I know I do. Like in this moment, I want immediate results. I want to see your heart change now. Mm-hmm. But the truth is like the fruit of grace is so often in the future. Like, I'm not just raising a 10-year-old boy. I am raising this boy who's going to become a man. And this is like, I have to have that long-term perspective with him. Like, I might not be seeing the results of this right now or next week or even next month, but Jesus is doing something bigger in you, something that I can't even begin to understand. And, And I can't control the Holy Spirit's timing. So my job as a mom is to, um, raise you with, you know, instruction and discipline and, and grace and forgiveness, and then trust the Holy Spirit with the con- with with the outcome. But that's really hard. That's really mm-hmm. hard for me. I'm like a type A, get it done. I want to yes. see results in the moment, and I just have to constantly go back and say, Lord, you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Yeah. Well, when we live in such an instant gratification society, if it do- you know if somebody doesn't text me back in. 15 seconds. I'm like, did they die? Are they okay? Where, you know, I want, <laughs> are they mad? Are they mad? <laughs> I, you have your phone on you right now. Right, right. And, and so I want, <laughs> I want to see those results right now. And that is so hard to do. And, and I think it just comes back to about, it's not about us. It is about, it's what God does and not about what we do. I just, man, I, I feel like I could talk to you for days and days. And I think we definitely need to have you back on the podcast again sometime because I know I don't know about you guys listening but I have my my one page that I had set aside for notes is completely filled out and mm-hmm. scrawled all over and so I can't mm-hmm. wait to go back and listen to this again and take some more notes I am awesome. honored that you were able to join us today Jeannie you had such no. great stuff to share and and I really feel um I hope that for everybody listening um as well that the fact that Jeannie does have younger kids and she did write this book and she does have this wisdom, I hope that it encourages you and inspires you that, man, God can teach you so much. You don't have to wait to have wisdom till, you know, your kids are out of high school or out of college. And you don't have to wait to share that wisdom and you don't have to um, be afraid of sharing parenting wisdom because your kids haven't turned out yet because that's not what it's ultimately all about. And um, that that it's really in in God's hands, and it's our hearts that He wants to refine a lot through this parenting. You know, I um I was studying about humility recently, and one of the definitions of humility, or actually like the Greek, I don't remember if it was the original Greek or Hebrew word, but it lined up exactly with one of my kids' names, and it just felt like you know I gave you these children to teach you to walk in mm-hmm. humility and and grace towards them. So. Um, anyway, Jeannie, can Isn't you... Isn't that true? Parenting yeah. definitely humbles us. So much so. <laughs> I, you know, we thought... I don't know about you, but I I mean, I don't know that I thought I had it all together, but I never realized what a mess that I was yes. until I had parents. <laughs> I'm very, I'm very clear with that now. <laughs> yeah. Or, or I can go one moment thinking, well, I'm going to go write a blog post about parenting, and then 10 seconds later, something happens with my kids, and I'm like, I don't know anything. I can't do anything. It's just but amazing. you know what? That's the blog post we all want to read. Yeah. You know, because the truth is we're all stumbling through mm-hmm. this parenting thing. And it's so encouraging when somebody says, me too. I'm mm-hmm. struggling too. And you know what? I say this, but we all need Jesus. Yes. I mean, that's for me that's kind of the bottom line. I need 
I need Jesus because I am stumbling through this. And it's only through his grace and his power that uh, my kids won't spend the rest of their adult lives in therapy. Right, so right, right. And you I know, totally get it. And you know what book we don't need to read? We don't need to read the book from somebody who thinks that they do know it all because we want to read the books from people who just say, God, I just want you to teach me. I just want you to show me. And and I think those are the books that are going to make us the best parents and, and, and point us in the right direction. So I appreciate yeah. you for writing one of those books. Um, can you tell Thank us again you. the name of your book and where people can find it and where people can find you online? Uh, the name of the book is Parenting the Wholehearted Child. Uh, it's available wherever books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, the Zondervan website. Um, came out in April of 2014, so it's still fairly new. Um, and I have a blog. It's just JeannieCunyon.com. Uh, I am there occasionally uh, and um, would love to have people join me over there. So, yeah, Parenting the Wholehearted Child and uh, JeannieCunyon.com is my website. Awesome. And, you know, I was before our interview, I was looking at your website and I was reading the, um, I, I guess, like the testimonials. I don't know what you call them, like the little comments people made about the book. And I would read one. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, oh, I really like that person. Oh, I really like that person. Oh, they liked this book too. And then and then the one I totally can't say his name, but I follow him on Twitter and I've just loved a lot of the things that he shared. Um the the review. So everybody listening, go to her website and read the reviews and the one by um how do you say his name? It starts with the T. Oh, um, Telly and Tavidian. Yeah, that. Um the what he said um at, at the end it says um well, I can't. I don't want to read the whole thing, but just at the end, he was summing up the book, and then he said, "This has brought huge relief to me. As a result, I now find myself being more patient, more loving, more forgiving, and enjoying my children more because I'm not relying on the way that they turn out to validate me." And That's I thought awesome. that was so good. So I highly encourage you guys to check out Jeannie's book and her website. And uh, Jeannie, I hope you have a fantastic Connecticut afternoon. Thank you, Kat. It was so much fun being with you today. Thank you for having me. It was a real honor to join you. Well, I hope we get to talk again soon. Me too. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. I kind of am curious to know what your favorite nugget was from this episode. You know, I said in the beginning that my favorite was when she described what it means to be a wholehearted child. But I also really liked when she said, I thought the law was going to do what only grace can do in our hearts. Because sometimes as a parent, I really want a method. I just want a structure. And I, I just want to be able to follow that structure and bam, produce a great kid. But that's not how it works. And I need to not walk in law, but walk in grace with my children. And that was such a powerful reminder for me. I hope you enjoyed this today. Be sure to check out Jeannie, Jeannie's website at JeannieCunyon.com. And be sure to check out our sponsor, PlanToEat.com forward slash Inspired to Action. And you can get the free 30-day trial and watch the little video that I made for you. And um, if you have trouble with meal planning, I do point you to tons of resources for that as well. So thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you next time in the next episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Well, that's all that we have for today's episode of the Inspired to Action podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen. I know that there are a million things that you could be doing right now, and I hope that this episode has encouraged you. You know, if you have any questions or suggestions for me, just head over to inspiredtoaction.com and click the contact button to send me an email. I would love to hear from you, and I would love to do whatever I can to get the resources that you need to keep growing as a mom. 
And if you enjoyed this podcast, it would be awesome if you take a minute to rate it on iTunes. That's going to help more moms to find it and get the encouragement that they need. And as always, you can check out all the show notes for this session at inspiredtoaction.com. And you can also download any of our free ebooks or our free prayer calendars for moms at the blog. Just go to inspiredtoaction.com and click on the resources link. And my name is Kat Lee, and I wish you an incredible day with your family. And remember, you're a mom. You're kind of a big deal. Now go be awesome. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. I bow before the throne of a noble king. And in this place, my heart begins to sing. It's gonna be a good day, a good day filled with His grace, His grace and sweet new mercies. May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in His way by His Spirit with each breath that I take. It's feeling like a good day.